Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up in tonight's final view, Attorney General Bill Barr did testify on the Hill today, so we'll get a take on that. We start tonight, though, with a question for you at home. A lot of people have been asking him this question. As we all know, we just wrapped up this 80-day legislative session here in North Dakota. What I want to know from you tonight is this. What did this session do for you and your family at the dinner table? If you just think about you and your family, kind of those dinner table issues, what do you feel like the North Dakota legislative session got accomplished for you? Many people that I'm talking are saying, they can't really answer that question. So I want to bring this up because that was really the basis today of my conversation with the North Dakota Representative Rick Becker as well as North Dakota House Minority Leader Josh Boucher. Gentlemen, to both of you, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start with this, and Representative Becker, I'm going to start with you, sir. Uh, one of the biggest things I'm hearing from the people of North Dakota is that we just had this 80-day legislative session, and everyone's telling me, Rick, that you guys got nothing done for the people of North Dakota. What say you? Well, I wouldn't say we got nothing done. I would say uh, we got a lot done, actually. Um, the question is whether what we got done was good or bad, um, and there's a little bit of both. But, um, you know, we had pretty similar number of bills as we have for the past sessions, and, and um, the, the biggest, I guess, thing to look at is spending. Did we spend stuff wisely or did we not? So Representative Boucher, and, and maybe I should ask a more precise question with Representative Becker, but what I mean specifically is, you know, when I'm talking to people, it's go, hey, how did this legislative session impact your family at the dinner table? And I've asked a lot of people that question, they're like, honestly, Chris, I have no idea. Sure. Well, I think a lot of that's because we don't do a good job of communicating back to the voters what we're working on. Uh, I think one of the biggest investments we made and certainly had to do with increasing costs, and Representative Becker and I will go back and forth on some of that, but it, it was investment in behavioral health programs. Um, we've, we're done studying the issue. We know that people are dealing with addiction, have mental health problems that we're not addressing appropriately, uh, and so now we're investing money into programs that are benefiting people and hopefully start driving some outcomes based on that. I and mean, I think that's the key thing that you have talked about is the word hope there. Hope mm -hmm. is one thing. Obviously, getting results is entirely different thing uh, for both of you and Representative Becker will go with you in this one the biggest accomplishment this session in your eyes is what uh, the biggest accomplishment um, well <laughs> wow. the biggest accomplishment is I, I'm assuming you mean positive accomplishment um, I, I would say the biggest accomplishment was we stopped the red flag law uh, the you know I've, there, the, we've had some pretty big accomplishments. Prairie Dog is is was it was a huge um, bill uh, accomplishment, meaning something positive. I, I question, you know that, but um, th we accomplished a lot of stuff, like I say. But as far as uh, w whether it's positive, that list is is a bit smaller for me. I mean, we we had improvements with medical marijuana. Uh, we, we we had um, we thwarted increased restrictions in cottage food. We thwarted as far as a preemptive for uh, local minimum wage laws. Uh, we got improved uh, income tax status so that uh, Social Security and military retirement is not going to be taxed. But let me, let me uh, just so interrupt you for one things. second, there, sir. There are several of these smaller things. I think as a conservative, most people would concur that, hey, the government closest to the people is the best one, and yet you're saying it's a good thing that the state preempted locals if they wanted to raise minimum wage. I mean, why not just let the locals do what they're going to do? Well, when you're looking at um, th this whole concept of local control is best, and that's true, and our local control uh, really comes down to people uh, electing the people to represent them. When you have something like a minimum wage law, that, that not 
it doesn't, it's not limited to affecting only the small community it's in. Uh, there are many things that a state as a whole has statewide laws. I mean, obviously, if, if we wanted to have local control to the extent that some might suggest that we got away from with this preemption, you'd be looking at all sorts of mini city-states. Uh, there is a place for state government. In fact, state government is the primary form of government. So having a, a, a law which says we are not going to increase minimum wage laws beyond the federal is perfectly within the purview of the state. And it may be perfectly in the purview. I'm just saying from a conservative standpoint why that was a good thing in your eyes. I want to go on to uh, Representative Boucher. <laughs> I have to kind of chuckle because I say, hey, what's your biggest accomplishment? It took him a long time to come up with an answer. I think that's how most people in North Dakota feel right now. I want to get your reaction to the fact that there's really not much there there. What, did, what would you say to that? Well, I would go back to, you know, Representative Becker and I would agree on the Prairie Dog Bill. We were using one-time uh, oil resources to fund every township, county, and city throughout the, the state. I know here in Fargo, and I believe in the Bismarck area, they're going to use it to buy down assessments. So it's going to save property tax owners, or property owners, excuse me, there. So I think, you know, I, I assume one of the reasons Representative Becker is struggling to find an accomplishment is because we come at our jobs two different ways. Uh, Representative Becker is, you know, is, is a stalwart libertarian, and, and he, he comes from his ideology and how he he governs and, and that's certainly appropriate. I come from it when I talk to my neighbors and the people in North Fargo what they want and try to address those issues from there. If that costs more money, it costs more money. If it means we reduce property taxes, we reduce property taxes. But it's how we govern. If we reduce property taxes, I think that right. was my, my next thing to you is when you look at uh, a while ago, we took a lot of state money to buy down property taxes didn't really work. So well, why is the prairie dog going to be work different? Because we didn't put strings attached to it. You know, that's we my point. Now the prairie dog, yeah. I mean, Senator Wardner said, hey, Chris, because some people have said, well, these cities don't even need that much money. He's like, I know, they can put it in the bank and let it mm -hmm. sit there. Well, they can, and, and that's the strings attached, is that there's reporting guidelines that come back. It sits at the Treasury until they need it. So if you're Rolla, North Dakota, and you're going to replace the sewer system, it's going to take several years to raise enough money to fix that. So the money sits there. It doesn't get to go to them directly. They have to ask for it for a list of specific projects. All right, let's talk about this. Um, there's so much partisanship right now across this country. I don't know from both of you, and Representative Becker will start with you. What was the biggest bipartisanship achievement that uh, was accomplished this session? Dude, uh, the, the spending was bipartisan. The spending, there, there's, there's no differentiation between the parties when it comes to the amount of spending. We may spend it on slightly different things, but the fact is we just ended up with a record budget. We beat all previous budgets in the past. Um, we, we, we increased it 12% state, state spending, 12% from last biennium. We increased it by $1.1 billion. And what did we do for the taxpayers? I mean, the amount that we have overspent, we could have gotten rid of property tax. And speaking of which, that's the, one, that's the one good thing about the Prairie Dog Bill. It shows that we can fund infrastructure to all the local uh, uh, political uh, counties and cities just fine. And we can have a formula just like we do with education. And we can do the single best thing for the taxpayers and abolish the property tax. We can do that easily. With the amount of money that we've overspent each year in the last 10 years, we can do more than eliminate the property tax, and the citizens would not have to have their taxes increased anywhere else. So this is for both of you, because, you know, I hear, hey, the, the, the spending money thing was a bipartisanship victory, if you want to label it that, but it occurs for a lot of people that I talk to in North Dakota that you guys just want to go out there and try to play Santa Claus to do the CYA game and protect your own political lives. Your reaction to that? Well, I... 
I think there might be people who, you know, try to send back gifts or uh, what do we call porking uh, back. <laughs> but being someone in the minority party, I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to go collect $10 million to bring back to Fargo. You know, my job is to be out there, to, to listen to the voters that sent me there and try to address the issues that are important to them. Um, I, th I like what Representative Becker has to say about our opportunities with property taxes. We spent a lot of conversations trying to get rid of the income tax, which 80% of that benefits non-North Dakotans. But let's have a serious conversation about how do we fund infrastructure, how do we fund education, how do we buy down the needs of the, the county and the city so that we can fund um, property tax or get rid of property taxes and, and that burden on uh, property owners. So let's talk about education for a moment because you know you guys also increase the per pupil funding and education and yet I look at the um, proficiencies if you will in math and English and we keep adding more money but we're not seeing an increase a sustainable increase or a substantial one in proficiencies in math and English in our students so what's this money really doing? Well, I think, you know, first of all, the money is tied to a formula and costs go up. So that's one of the reasons we end up increasing that per pupil payment. But I, I do agree. I think we do need to have conversations about, uh, you know, how do we develop some pilot programs, whether it's in rural schools, tribal schools and urban schools, of how do we increase math proficiency for all students, not just the high achieving students. Um, and, and you're right. That's an opportunity for us to uh, maybe do what you call the Santa Clausing of, of it is, is if you can develop a program, regardless of your school size, that's going to help increase the proficiency rate of English or math or, or those necessary to get into college or to be a productive member of the workforce, let's do it. Um, we haven't gotten there as a legislature in terms of trying to tie money to outcomes. Maybe you said this already about the uh, Prairie Dog Bill, but I'll ask you the same question I asked Representative Becker. Biggest bipartisan accomplishment in your eyes is what? Uh, I, I keep going back to the, the accomplishment of, of the D Department of Human Services budget. Okay. I know, you know, it's the largest budget out there, but it was an idea. It came out of the Senate, came out of the House, the House tweaked it, and they were ready to settle. Usually that's one of the biggest fights about the money and everything that's in there, but everyone agreed that we're investing in good programs and we have the opportunity to do that. Representative Becker, I've uh, got a few things here I want to get through fairly quickly just because of TV time, if you will, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, you know, this Theodore Roosevelt Library seemed to be a big talking point this entire session. I'm going to be generous here, Representative Becker. Probably 80% of the people that would call, text, email into the show said, what are we doing? Why are we dropping $50 million on this library and yet it passed fairly overwhelmingly in both chambers? What gives here? Well, it was a, an extraordinary lobbying effort by the executive branch. Uh, what you have is a $50 million contribution with taxpayer money. Um, but the sad thing is we didn't even just do it and say, hey, we believe in this, so we're going we're gonna to appropriate $50 million. What we did is said, well, you know what, we're going to take the easy way out. We're going to appropriate $15 million and we're going to borrow $35 million. Uh, but, but here's the thing. So much attention has gone to the Teddy Roosevelt Library for $50 million. And if you look over the past 11 years, our budget has increased so much that if you would account for increased population and a 3% per year inflationary increase, we are currently spending $2 billion more every single year, not biennium, every single year than if we had only increased from 2009 according to population and inflation. Think about what we could be doing with $2 billion instead of growing government. You talked about human services and education, and, and those are somehow sacrosanct that we're not supposed to be able to uh, hold the budgets tight or hold them accountable because God forbid you question people in need or God forbid you question uh, the needs of the children. But you're exactly right, Chris, what you hit on earlier. We've been increasing the per pupil payment. We pay more per pupil than our neighbors. Our, the increases over the last several years has been significantly more than our neighbors. And our ACT scores are less than our neighbors. 
What does that say about throwing money at a problem? It doesn't work. I agree, and we were paying our teachers now. According to uh, North Dakota United, we're like 35th in the nation. With our teachers, we have this big workforce problem in the state, and I can't understand. Even the Fargo Chamber released a study that said, hey, we underpay our engineers. We're underpaying people. It's freezing in this state. We got to pay people, including teachers. So your response to this workforce challenge that we face. Well, and I think you bring up a great point. A lot of what we've addressed in workforce is to help the employers, which is important, but we are doing very little to address the needs of the employees. And I think this next interim, spending more of an effort, understanding if it's if it's salary issues, if it's um, you know paid family leave, if it's uh, early child care and, and child care centers, you know, we need to find work towards those solutions because you're right, the cold isn't going to bring 30,000 people to fill these jobs. We have to figure out how we compete with the rest of the private market. Getting rid of the income tax and the corporate taxes might do it, Josh. Well, it may, but I, you know, I, th I don't hear too many people complaining about their $700 a year uh, for good roads and great schools. I got to tell you, man, another, you say 700, according to the tax minister, it's 866. Putting that back in the people's pockets, they're not going to put it into the mattress, they're going to spend it. It's going to be, it's a four time multiplier on the economy. I want to go back to the library, though. Your reaction to this library, yay or nay? Well, you know, I ended up voting for it. I was a no at the very beginning, along with a lot of our caucus. Um, $50 million is a lot, uh, but we were able to facilitate a, a plan that really locks that money away so that if this thing never gets built or if there's problems with building down the road, this money does not go towards the building. It's to, we use the interest to fund the operations, and if it doesn't, come to be, then, you know, the money gets to come back to the state and, and we'll deal with it then. Representative Becker, I got to talk about a big topic here, obviously, in the Valley, and that is the FM Diversion Project. Um, being from Bismarck, was it a tough pill to swallow to say, we're going to go spend, you know, another $300 million? Or what was missing for you to not say, yeah, let's go put another $300 million into this project? Well, for me, it's it's tough because it, it seems like it's been a, a cluster from the beginning. Back in 2016, I think you even covered, I called it a boondoggle, and, and it has been. Uh, the option for the diversion was shoved down the people's throat, not only in Fargo and Cass, but the entire state. There were, there were opportunities to do things much, much more efficiently, but because of special interests and, and typical politicians, we didn't do what was best for the state of North Dakota. The, the, the FM diversion, in my opinion, puts the people in Fargo and Cask at the greatest risk. So it's not an east-west thing. I, I think that it's, I think it's hugely un, uh, uh, unfortunate in how this has all come about and the risk that the taxpayers are on the hook for. Your reaction, Representative Boucher? Well, uh, you know, the diversion is something we need to protect Fargo Moorhead, and, and we're going to continue to work towards that. Uh, otherwise, the, the cost does fall on the property tax owners. Uh, we've already heard the mayor talk about the, the need to potentially look at assessments, and uh, while most of us may have voted for that as citizens, I don't remember we what the didn't, vote though. was. We didn't, I don't remember what we the vote was. We did not, yeah. That's the I thing. know the cities and vote. counties have their own you know, weighted vote and whatnot, but um, yeah, it's going to yeah, fall on property vote, taxes. Exactly. That was not a fair vote. Yeah, yeah, so it just seems like, you know, where's the representation? I want to do this because we're obviously the number one egg state in the country. Um, we spent, you know, $50 million on this TR library. And, and I don't know if this is out of bounds or not, so I may not know what I'm talking about here. But I want to get your reaction to it. So Senator Hovind had Secretary Purdue in the state recently on Saturday. And he talked about, hey, guys, look, we need to go out there and own our own destiny. What, it, what he was alluding to was this soybean crusher that would be in Spearwood or near Jamestown. And I look at we put $50 million in a library they need some funding for the soybean plant. Was there an opportunity there to use some state money to go, hey, farmers, we can put some money into this plant, we can crush the beans, the oil was going to go to the refinery out in Dickinson. 
it seemed like a win-win-win. What am I missing? Um, I don't think you're missing anything. We've actually in invested in terms of providing uh, tax breaks, sales tax breaks, and things for those to folks to to build that facility out there to bring it. You know, we we want the private market dollars to fund it and to operate it, and uh, but we are definitely providing incentives as a state. Representative Becker, I'm going to give you the last word on this uh, opportunity to you know possibly help our soybean guys uh, have more control of their destiny rather than relying on China. So what you're saying, Chris, is that we should have taken money, taxpayer money, for a museum and used it for corporate welfare, and that would have benefited our taxpayers. I mean, how about you let the free market work? Josh's suggestions are, are all about increasing government. If you got rid of the property tax and you lowered or got rid of the income tax, people and companies would be coming here in droves, and you wouldn't need to be playing favorites, picking winners and losers like typical government form. And, and I mean, the prosperity that all of North Dakota would have exceeds, ex exceeds by such, I mean, it, 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 it pushes the boundaries of imagination and how we would be doing. We would be the most prosperous state in the nation by far. But instead, we look at piecemealing and saying government's going to get involved here, government's going to get involved there, we're going to do a tax credit here, we're going to subsidize there. Th that's not what the people want. The people are sick of this. We've been doing this. We've played this game for decades, and we are done with it. Well, and I would, you know, I'd push back a little bit, uh, Representative Becker, and, you know, I think we did a good job, and I don't remember if you served on the tax committee at the time or not, but we got rid of a lot of those tax incentives because people weren't using them. And one of the reasons those employers and those special interest groups weren't using it was because our taxes are so low that they didn't benefit from it. Uh, so, you know, we, we found these places to incentivize, but again, the voters are sending us there. You know, we hear overwhelmingly that they want us to address behavioral health problems. They want us to fund education. They want us to make sure that we're having a qualified, educated workforce. And, you know, that comes at a cost. Gentlemen, we're going to leave it there because well, Josh, the, the, the biggest cost is borne by the taxpayers by funding these special programs that you have. The free market is the winning option. That's the market or the option we have to push for. Love having these kind of conversations, guys. Appreciate it very much. We'll do this again. Obviously, there's a lot more to discuss, discuss regarding the great state of North Dakota. Representative Rick Becker, uh, state minority leader in the House. Representative Josh Boucher, to both of you, thanks so much for joining us.